Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Weekend Starts Now. <laughs> Episode 10, here at the Ox at Indeed Brewing Company. I'm James Norton, Taylor Carrick over Yo. here, Adam Voris over here, Catherine Sieve joining us. Thank you Hi. for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. And we are here at Indeed Brewing Company, where they cultivate an artfully eclectic lineup of distinctive flagship beers, well-loved seasonal releases, and adventurous specialty brews from the heart of Northeast Minneapolis. Indeed, brewing, we're not just brewing beer, we're crafting experiences, we are thirsty creatures, indeed. And there's more to explore at www.indeedbrewing.com. Episode 10 feels good. How you doing, Taylor? Great, I love being here. Yeah? Big fan of the Ox Room. I am too. I, I just, it's a comfortable place to hang out. It's beautifully decorated, and there's a lot of beer yeah. available. Yeah. Which I, you know, I, it's always funny because our guests, they they come here, they don't know what's going on. We have them on the podcast. I'm like, do you guys just get to hang out here and do your podcast? I was like, well, yeah. I mean, you could hang out with us too. Yeah. So <laughs> and have a have a water, have a beer. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it actually it looks very closed from the outside. So yeah. You like find your way in here, and yeah. that's part of the Surprise. private party mist. Yeah. It's like a secret, oh, a secret, <laughs> our secret beer cave in yeah. here. Um, well, anyway, it's good to be back. Taylor, you had a, you had something on your mind. I, I usually set up these opening segments, but you've been generating ideas yeah. and thinking about stuff. Which these I, are I, these are our talker segments. Yeah, our talker segments. Are, you feel free to jump in on this. All right. uh, yeah, Catherine. it can be yeah. a bit incendiary. So if you need to uh, to get a few things off your chest, this is the time to do it. <laughs> yeah, just cut loose. Um, Careful. So I've never <laughs> used I've never used the descriptor Lynn Lake before. I've never said that about the intersection of Lake and Lindale. I've never said it about the neighborhood. I just call all of that stuff over there uptown. That's just how I've called it. Uh, I will say, though, that I have been popping back into the neighborhood over there. Yeah. And it's super fun. Lynn Lake is distinct from the rest of uptown, I think. I and think it, it is distinct. And it, it's even more distinct now than it ever has been. And I don't know that I'm crazy about calling it Lynn Lake, but I definitely am not lumping it in with the other stuff that constitutes people's popular perception of Uptown. Um, I had a lot of fun at the VFW uh, in mm -hmm. the remodeled VFW. Um, I had a lot of fun in the, the classic VFW that they kept the same for all the regulars. I had a lot of fun at Lynn Lake Brewing. I had a lot of fun at Bryant Lake Bowl, which is still kicking and pretty close and yeah. really fun. Um, I went up the street a little bit and um, and kind of bar crawled around. And I was like, you know what? It's fun over here. This is great. When I'm in that area, uh, just a block or two up, World Street Kitchen and Milk Jam. Yeah, that's great. Those guys are doing some of the best food in the Twin Cities, maybe the state. Let's say yes, for sure the state. Prairie Dogs, best yep. Chicago dog, I think, in the entire metro. Yep. Um, Moto Moto I, yep. which is I think also pronounced Moto E if you speak Japanese. It's sure. really confusing. Yeah, I wish they changed their name because I say <laughs> Moto I say Moto E and people are like, no, you mean Moto I? I'm like, well, actually, it's pronounced. Ah. Um, and then they're like, it's called Fu. Like, oh my god, uh, Fujiya, which is an uh, old classic, fifty yeah, year Fujiya old Fujiya Happy Hours, fantastic. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I think it's a lot. Do you ever hang out there, Catherine Lynn Lake? Is a that little bit. I um, hang out there less now that it's just so hard to park over there I did, <laughs> I so did have times. that note yeah. I did have that note yeah you know and they just uh, a while ago had the Lynn Lake Fest too which ended up being super fun for people who could bike there yeah um, it's a great like if you walk in or you bike in it's awesome yeah. parking don't plan on it well and all the parking that they did have um, went to the high rise condos which sure. 
It's going to happen. That's what development's Urban about, density is good, though. It I know. Is. It's I a know. pain in the yeah. butt, but it's totally good for us. I we are going to grow as a city. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I know. I, I'm part of the Ryback plan. Like, let's stuff people in there. Yeah, it has to happen. High rises and street traffic, foot yeah. traffic. Yeah. It really is. I'll the, be your episode ten pessimist. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, we could go on and on. Nightingale's been having vinyl, vinyl night DJs uh, late night. That's been super fun. So um, spend some time over at Lynn Lake. I don't know that we get to call it that. I don't know if there's any other way to talk about it. But yeah, good good work. And um, yeah, don't lump it in with Uptown. That's, All right. My two cents. I think we've closed the book on this this weighty topic, and we'll be back with more on The Weekend Starts Now. All right, y'all, let's do the next Welcome back to The Weekend Starts Now. Your weekend is starting. Congratulations. You made it. Um, we're here with our very special guest, uh, Catherine Steve. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. You are uh, very busy these days. <laughs> we'll get, yeah. We'll get into yeah. that a little bit, um, but uh, you're also behind Winsome Goods. I am, yep. It's a line of clothing based in Northeast Minneapolis, here in Minneapolis, uh, in a warehouse studio with a mysterious military past this is correct tell yeah. me about the military past before um, we get into the clothes. so my studio is the thorpe building in northeast mm-hmm. is on central and 18th uh, by lego uh by brick mania, brick mania. Mm-hmm. oh yeah um and tattersall yeah mm-hmm. yeah even better uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right across from my studio so that's nice um so yeah uh, the thorpe building used to be owned by general mills and um during World War II, it was the most highly uh, protected building in all of the United States. What? So if you go out, yes. So if you go out to Tattersall and you sit on their patio, you can actually still see like the guard tower by the train tracks. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, what were they, they were, storing there? That was so. So I um, I hope that I have my facts right. It was either either or, and um, the black box and bombs. Mm. Hmm. So. Very strange. And then I'm not sure um, what it turned into exactly right after the war, but it's been artist studios for like 20 years or something. So, Which yeah. is bombs still laying uh-huh. around everywhere. <laughs> more There's still all kinds of signs all over the building. They're like, these, you know, exit not for employees. And <laughs> it kind of throws you off. But 
Yeah. Uh, so why don't you talk about the evolution of Winsome Goods? Yeah. Um, you know, you've been doing clothing for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you took a break for a little bit, but then you came back. Yeah, totally. Side evolution. Yeah. So I, I, um, I wanted to be a clothing designer pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, so I, I went to school for it. Um, I went to the University of Minnesota for clothing design. And um, I wasn't a very good high school student, and so when I got into the Who university, was? <laughs> really, um, <laughs> most people that I talked to apparently. <laughs> but uh, so I, when I got into the University of Minnesota, what I really wanted was the design program, and I got into the general college instead. So okay. I took a year of um, of general courses, and then I reapplied to the design program and got in. Right. Um, so by the time that I was in that program, which was four years, no matter what, I was a part-time student. So while I was there on the side, I started my own line just under my name. And when I graduated, you know, I, I felt like I had all this momentum built up from having my own line. Um, so I kind of dived into that, um, like, full-time, part-time. I was, you know, serving um, on the side to supplement living costs. Um, and so I did that you for... You had the typical you experience, which is you worked <laughs> all the time and then maybe went to some classes. Totally, yeah. yeah everyone can relate with my story. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I was at that for a few years and, um, it was great and I learned a lot, but I had that moment where I got really tired and I was working all the time and I was working out of my apartment and, um, there would be days that went by where I wouldn't interact with human beings, which got old. And, um, so I, I realized I either needed to like really dive in and take out a small business loan and go for it or just be done. And, um, at that point in time, I decided to be done and I took a job at Target Corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, which in its own way was great. I learned a lot. I'm glad I did it. Um, I'm glad I did it for what I learned and I'm glad I did it so that now I know, you know, before it was this grass is always greener. Um, and now I know it's not. Um, so I'm super happy to be back doing Winsome. And so I actually started Winsome while I was working full time, um, at Target, um, as sort of just a creative outlet. I really missed working but also um i started winsome because of my studio space and the people that i'm in my studio space with so i was friends with a couple artists who had a studio in south minneapolis um kate casanova and ben morin and um they were in a studio space that had no windows and no heat (laughs) and wanted to move fair um and kind of put that call out there is like hey we want to move is anyone interested in getting space and i was like yes i don't know what i'm going to do there but i'm going to do something there and that's how winsome was born we moved in in february of 2014 and yeah i've been at it ever since so um last july um so a little over a year after starting um i decided to dive into winsome full-time i quit my job and I've been at it full force since. Yeah. So. And when you originally started, mm-hmm. you were doing just one-off pieces? Not one-off. So I was doing, like, limited edition. Okay. So um, I wasn't really functioning by any sort of, like, a fashion calendar. There mm-hmm. was no spring, summer, fall, winter. Yeah. It was just whenever I had time, I would make a small run of pieces. So I'd design a garment. I would make as many as I could out of the fabric that I had. Um, And then they were numbered. And so it would be like one of 15 or one of 20, um, which was um, like a business model adopted from many other small clothing labels. Um, And then, you know, once I started going at it full time, now it's more of those dependable like seasonal collections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, you also have a couple regular pieces that you've started doing recently. Yeah, totally. So um, uh, I guess like two, 
two reasons. Um, one is I wanted to have a dependable um, collection for yep. each season. Um, and I needed to, in order to grow my business, I couldn't keep doing the like limited edition pieces. Um, so I wanted like an essentials line, which is stuff that is replenishable um, and people can return to over and over and over again without feeling like they're gonna like lose out on something. Um, but I, I like the idea of the limited edition and I like the idea of making something that's um, not um, quite as versatile and is a little bit more interesting. And so um, I, am, uh, I am making a mobile clothing design and production studio. Very excited about this. In Eritrea. <laughs> and so that's where the limited edition business is going to live. Okay. So there's going to be, you know, two components. The Winsome main brand, the like really versatile clothing that's made to be worn like day to night. Super easy, super to care, easy to care for. Yeah. And then this like tiny capsule collection, trailer collection. Yeah. So Before we get into the trailer mm -hmm. collection yeah. and the birth of that project, mm -hmm. et cetera, um, where can people find some of your stuff? Yeah, some so um, I have an online store. Yep. So it's winsomegoods.com. Yeah. Um, and then locally in the city is um, three spots, um, Cliché. Uh, Happens over, to be on Lindale. It's on Lindale. <laughs> it is on Lindale. Cool. So 20, 24th in Lindale. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, and then uh, a new boutique that just opened up um, in the same building is the Spy House Northeast over on Broadway and Central called yep. Hazel and Rose. Yep. Um, just opened. And then um, Golden Rule Collective in Excelsior. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so you're working on uh, Central's line and then... Mm -hmm. How did you find the Airstream? And yeah. You were just like, well, that's... <laughs> how did I find it or how did I decide to buy it? Did it, <laughs> did it find you? It more like <laughs> it, no, that trailer definitely did not find me. Okay. I worked hard for that guy. Um, I, I found the trailer on Craigslist. Okay. Short answer. Yeah. I searched for sort of, uh, you know, I sort of searched for about six months and then like really searched for a few can weeks. I, can I jump in it. and ask why uh -huh. a trailer? Yeah, I'm, why not a trailer? Make, I'm not making the connection necessarily between boutique fashion yep, and Airstream. Totally. What's, the, what's the thought process? Um, honestly, uh, the trailer in the mobile studio was born out of just like a really pure desire for adventure and travel. Um, and part of what I was really missing by having a nine to five corporate job was being able to just like up and go. And I, I, um, I love that so much. And, but also having, um, my own business is also really difficult to yeah. just like up and go and travel and have new experiences. And I'm so motivated and inspired by new experiences that it's kind of a catch 22. Yeah. So, um, that's part of it, but also because um, I care really deeply about people understanding where their clothing comes from sure. and why it costs what it costs and what goes into you know making the clothing that everybody wears on their bodies. So the trailer is going to um, travel in order to go to people and to like bring that experience of clothing production. Mm -hmm to places outside of Minneapolis and get people excited to come visit it. 
um, and develop a better understanding of everything that goes into it and why it costs the way it does. Um, well, I've been sort of following the development of the trailer, uh -huh. and I think my favorite uh, installment uh, in the remodel was the collection of dead mice that you had <laughs> yeah. to fish out. That was very it's like, real. oh, here's the biggest one. Here's yeah. another one. Here's a small well, one. Well, what's funny about here's that is I actually, um, I uh, the designer and me had to edit down. There were many, many more, but I picked yeah. my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the launch party Yeah. for that. Uh, so the uh, trailer launch is in a couple of days. Uh, it is June 25th at cool. Cliche over on Lindale and 24th. And you could go yeah. in the trailer? Yeah, totally. Yep, it's going to be parked out back, and um, you, can, you can see what it turned into. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Catherine, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Thanks thank a lot. Yeah. Appreciate it. We'll be back with a little more of The Weekend Starts Now. The weekend starts now. We are here at Indeed in the Ox with Tracy Singleton, the founder and owner of Birchwood Cafe. Yeah. Tracy, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so, uh, Tracy, a lot of us, maybe all of us, know about Birchwood. It's an institution. It's been in the neighborhood for more than 20 years. Is that mm -hmm. right? We had our 20th anniversary last summer. Tell us a little bit about sort of the philosophy and the founding of it, just for anyone who happens to be listening who doesn't yet know the story, because it's a, it's a cool story. Oh, well, okay. Which part of the story do you want me to... Initial genesis, because I feel like when Birchwood got running, there weren't a lot of places like it. Not that there's a ton right now, but I sure. think you guys were out ahead on a number of different fronts. Yeah, okay. Well, I had, um, I had been working at Lucia's Restaurant for five years before I opened Birchwood, so that's where I got my introduction to the whole idea of local sourcing and you know what people call farm-to-table movement now I was working for Lucia Watson, and you know that's where I really learned what to me what real food was and where real food comes from. And so when I had the opportunity to open the Birchwood, uh, I couldn't imagine doing it in any other way. And at the you know the idea for the Birchwood was to you know, source the same quality ingredients that we had at Lucia's, but offer it in a more uh, casual and more family-friendly environment. Because back at the, you know, 20 years ago, there weren't a lot of places that you could go 
you know, just stop in at any time with your two-year-old and get um, a casual meal that was sourced, sourced with really um, high-quality ingredients. And so that was sort of the idea. We really wanted it to be a community place, um, a neighborhood place. I think at the time, um, one of our inspirations was Java Jacks. I don't know if you remember Java Jacks on Bryant. That was one of the only independent kind of coffee shops around. Sure. And yeah, so we kind of started with that, and it, and it grew from there. And then the Birchwood, of course, you know, we had it already... You know, the building that the Birchwood is in already had a really long history of being a neighborhood institution. It was once um, actually a dairy, and then it had converted in the 40s to a, a little Mapa grocery store, which is what it was when we took it over. So people had already looked to the Birchwood as a place to, to get, you know, it was kind of already a source um, for community, and um, it was a real neighborhood institution. So how has the place evolved over the course of 20 years? Because I feel like there's a lot of things you talked about that still definitely resonate with the way the cafe runs. Uh, yeah, I think, I think how we've evolved is, is as, you know, as we've learned more you know, about the food system, about how the food system works, you know, we're always constantly refining our sourcing to make sure that we're getting the best ingredients and making the best choices for people. I think that's why... I think that's part of why we've, you know, been around so long. I think people really trust us, people who really care about where their food comes from. Um, I know we had some of these conversations when we were um, talking about the Atlas of Ethical Eating. So, so people who, who that's, um, you know, one of the matrixes they use when they're choosing to go out to eat, you know, they, they think of Birchwood because they trust where our food comes from. So kind of in line with that, you're doing this dinner series, these boost dinners. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, thinking behind this series, and how did that get started? Sure. Well, you know, after 20 years, uh, we, we, get, we get asked a lot for donations. I mean, multiple times a day I get emails asking for requests for donations, and we were trying to figure out a way, and we, we, we want to, you know, say yes, but we really wanted to have an impact, so we wanted to find a way to streamline our giving. And at the same time, we really wanted to help um, engage our customers in giving, giving our customers opportunity to, to see how food uh, and our food choices really do impact the world around us. I mean, food and the food system is such a critical point when you talk about issues, you know, climate change, social justice, you know, public health, our personal health. You know, food is really at the crux of a lot of it. And so we decided that we would, every couple of months, we'd partner with a new nonprofit um, a nonprofit whose values um, around food and where it comes from align with ours. And we'd invite that nonprofit um, into the restaurant to do tabling, uh, to meet with customers, engage them in any volunteer opportunities they might have, um, and also to host events like the boost dinner, film screenings, and also rounding up at the register. So it's sort of a way to raise funds, but also raise awareness and hopefully get our customers actually more engaged in the work that these nonprofits are doing. And some of these events have been quite interesting. I mean, yeah. the Will Steger thing. I think so. Yeah, that was a yeah, really fun know, time. I mean, he, I think it's... The, a lot of people showed up to it. It's mm-hmm. wildly popular, and his message is really important. It's not, it's not explicitly food-based, but it has, like you're saying, this impact uh, on the overall um, uh, ecosystem of, yeah, it's about climate change, but that also affects what food is available. Sure, and, and you know the, the way that we feed ourselves in this world is responsible for over 30% of um, greenhouse gas emissions, which 
contribute to global warming and climate change. In fact, I, I just came from another brewery down the street, uh, a climate-related event, where they're really trying to make the connection for people between food choices and, and helping to mitigate climate change. So, yeah, that Will Steger thing was fascinating because to hear, to hear Will Steger talk about all the different um, ice shelves that he crossed and that now they are only passable by sailboat. Things that he dog sledded across have all melted. They're all gone. Yeah, that's the, uh, not to get political, I'm going to get no. briefly political, but... Uh, classic, forbid. Classic, right, that's me politicizing everything, but, you know, climate change deniers, it's like if you go out in the world anywhere and look at the way animals migrate or the way farming works or mm -hmm. the way people who navigate, you know, ice in cold climates, everybody on the ground can tell you it's changing. Sure. You know, you don't, you don't need a whole lot of theories and argue about, I mean, the evidence is there in the earth. It's yeah. kind of crazy. We're all that, seeing it, I yeah. think, so. Tell us a little bit about what else is coming up for oh, sure. in terms of uh, events or food or anything you're yeah. excited about. Well, I'll just, I'll talk a little bit more about the Boost program. So we just started in February and our um, our first two Boost partners were Climate Generation, and which was the Will Steger event. And then we just recently um, were boosting with Right to Know Minnesota. and. Um, collectively, for those two efforts, we've raised almost $12,000 for those two organizations, which feels pretty good for a small little restaurant um, having just started out. So I'm excited about what the yearly impact will look, will look like for that giving. And so with each Boost Partner, we do a dinner event. So um, right now, our Boost Partner is Urban Roots, which is a really cool organization. They're based on the east side of St. Paul. And they connect youth to really cool opportunities through um, cooking and gardening and conservation and service work. So we're boosting them, and we're doing a dinner at the end of July on the 28th. Um, we're having, and we have a guest chef for each each dinner. So the guest chef for Urban Roots uh, Boost Dinner will be actually there's two. There's Yi Bang from Union Kitchen, and also Daniel Klein of Perennial Plate. So very cool. Yeah, really excited about that. And the, um, so those two, along with our chef Marshall Paulson, are gonna. Uh, they're, they're working right now. It's not completed, but they're going to come up with a really cool collaborative menu. Um, Yi is really um, excited about kind of using, being inspired by traditional Hmong cuisine, but then filtering that through kind of what's locally available here in Minnesota and kind of merging cultures that way. So I think the menu is going to be really fantastic. Um, I know you recently-ish just went through a remodel. Yes, two years ago. Just two about. years ago. Mm -hmm. um, this is my pitch to you. Sure. Add another floor. Huh. <laughs> see, see if we can do that because every time I go there, it's just it's so many people. Yeah, it's, go to Birchwood. We're I know already, we're using we're already words out like, of space. It's I know really we're using sad. words like oh, it's a neighborhood institution, and yeah. what that translates to uh, because Jim and I live fairly close to mm -hmm. it is that it's like, that you won't come on the weekends anymore. It's just crazy, you know. And the nice ride station out front, you can get a real clear view of how many people are are having breakfast. And so, you know, if you did need another floor. Yeah, there you go. Gosh, does that mean another Kickstarter? Please just, you know, just shoot me now. <laughs> yeah, it turns out you have to work for that money. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you warned me. You, you I did, set me up. I did. You were very helpful to oh, our well, Kickstarter. Thank uh, you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else that you wanted to share with us before we wrap it up and, and head on out of the show? Oh, gosh. Not that I can think of. I just, um, you know, hope. When people, um, if you, you care about food and where your food comes from, I, I hope you're asking those questions when you're going out to eat and when you're, you know, shopping. And if you, if that's the kind of food you want to support and the kind of food system that you want to be um, affirming, then then you need to speak out and and ask the questions and make that demand. 
School. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks thank for you. having me. It was really fun. Our pleasure. We'll be right back with more on The Weekend Starts Now. episode a lot of stuff going on here too much stuff man oh man we do our best though yeah 
we talk about weekend picks at the end of our show. I, I like this say one. That I went and got the ramen at Spoon and Stable, which they do at like ten thirty on Saturday. Only on the bar menu? I think it's only the bar lounge. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what to expect, and the place was packed as I feared. Yeah. And within like ten minutes, we'd somehow weaselled our way into like a real table. Wow! And we just felt like rock stars. Was eating. it because of who you are? No, I, uh, or or they didn't give me any indication that any okay. idea. I don't think it's because of who I am. Okay, there's a I few whispers exchanged. It may, perhaps, but I don't think so. I think we just timed it right, and we slipped in like a a ship navigating icebergs, and we got this great table. And the ramen was so full flavored and delicious, and. Uh, you know, I, I got a kid. I got a three-year-old. So yeah. getting being out at ten thirty to one in the morning <laughs> on a Saturday eating you ramen be nuts. feels great. Oh it's, yeah, it's exciting. So so yeah, go get ramen at uh, Spoon and Stable. That's sometime. a pro tip. I'm gonna do that. And yeah, party a little bit. It's Man. it's great. And the drinks, the cocktails. Oh. Say you've been to Spoon and Stable. Yeah. And you got the secret menu. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's when cool. I read that on the website, I was like, man, this is this is a hot tip. It's uh, hot, it's it's living on the high on the hog. Man. Um, my picks are pretty good, but not that good. <laughs> Your picks are great. I'm glad we led with that. Uh, hey, happy Pride weekend to all who celebrate. Happy Pride. That should be all of you. You should all be celebrating Pride. Lots of fun activities this weekend, including the Pointer Sisters in concert, uh, the, of course, Festival in Loring Park, lots of other supporting fun. We're going to have a Pride roundup on the website. Go check that out. Um, Saturday, uh, go to the chalk walk arts festival it's elaborate chalk drawings on the sidewalk which sidewalk specifically it is going to be sort of in the loring park area okay and they'll have murals okay they'll have it on the sidewalks cool. they're uh, sectioning off a big chunk of uh, sidewalk real estate for this anyone who's been out to cafes and restaurants in the twin cities by now knows there's some talented side, sidewalk and chalk artists. Like some of that stuff, I don't know how they do it. Sea Salt, yeah. for example, their menu board is always awesome. Yeah. I think that's Jeff Femera. Huh. Uh, Jeff, I forget his last name, but he's terrific. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of good people working you know, in that this medium. Is the, this is the kind of stuff where you see it, uh, see the photos on the internet, and it's like photorealistic mm-hmm. caverns falling down through the sidewalk with using perspective and things. And nice. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, hey, beer drinkers, you should go to Fair State Brewing's beer garden for their first every first ever funky and or sour beer festival we've often talked about um how sour beer as a name is not maybe the best but they're going to have over two dozen beers i have no idea what it's a lot what goes into these particular beers the names all look super crazy but if you're one of these people who is seeking the next big thrill in beer Go check out uh, Fair State's uh, Mixed Culture event. And check out called. the Strawberry Fields here at Indeed as well. Oh, yeah, which man. is a, a collaboration the drink New of Belgium, summer. New Belgium and, and Indeed. And it's just a lovely, huge hit of strawberry yeah. flavor. That's everyone also, here. Get that on your, your two-drink list as well. Yeah, uh, everyone here has really liked it. Uh, the 25th coming up, very exciting launch party that I'll probably be at. Um, it's going to be the uh, mobile fashion Airstream outside of Cliche and Uptown. Uh, for, win, for win some for goods. For win some goods. Um, you heard all about that uh, earlier. And what, what, what else is happening at that party? Music? Music, food, drinks. Food, drinks. Music, food, and drinks. That seems like enough. Everything you want. That's going to be super fun. Uh, and then Sunday, wanted to do a special mention for an event that you should check out. 
there's going to be a fundraising party for uh, Liz Warzonic um, at the A-Mill Artist Lost, Lofts. Um, some of you maybe have already been there to help raise money for Liz, who's been a great member of the performance community. Um, she recently um, had a bout with a brain tumor mm. and is going through um, some very serious hardship um, in her recovery process. So members of the community are be getting together to help out and um, all sorts of fun stuff. A live auction. Cool. So you'll be able to do some bidding. That'll be fun. A dance party DJed by Lori uh, Barbero. Barbero of Babes in Toyland uh, in a dance booth where they'll film you dancing, which for me, I would bring a little joy to my life. Cool. So yeah, that's on Sunday at the Email Artist Lofts. We'll have all that uh, listed on our site and in our email. And if you need anything else, uh, sign up for that newsletter and we'll send it to you. Sounds good. Well, that's that's episode 10 of The Weekend Starts Now. I'm James Norton. It's Taylor Carrick over here. Yep. Adam Vore is on the board. We're at Indeed Brewing Company where they cultivate an artfully eclectic lineup of distinctive flagship beers, well-loved seasonal releases, and adventurous, truly adventurous specialty brews from the heart of Northeast Minneapolis. Indeed, brewing, we're not just brewing beer, we're crafting experiences. We are thirsty creatures indeed. More to explore at www.indeedbrewing.com. That's a wrap. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week on The Weekend Starts Now.